Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. The sermon text is the Gospel reading from Matthew 18. You may be seated. In the name of Jesus. If there's one topic that we are learning all life long, it's this topic of forgiveness. Yeah. Throughout uh, this chapter in Matthew 18, uh, Jesus has been schooling Petey and pals on forgiveness, putting them through this Forgiveness 101 course. And Petey and pals, they, uh, they agree with us, forgiveness ain't easy. It's not easy. Yeah, forgiveness can be so hard and nearly impossible. And that's uh, why Petey, Peter, uh, wants limits to make forgiveness doable. See, Petey and Pals, during this chapter, they have been hearing this word forgiveness, you know, just roll off the tongue of Jesus so easily. But these guys are realists. They're practical people. There got to be limits, exceptions, boundaries when it comes to forgiveness, right? That's what Peter thinks. And that's why Peter asked this question. To get some clarification on this topic that can be so testing, trying, tiring for any Christian. Matthew 18, 21. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times. Now behind this question is... The but, B-U-T, but rebuttals. The but rebuttals. But Jesus, what's the limit? When can I say to this person sinning against me, no more forgiveness for you, hit the road, Jack, and don't you come back no more, no more, no more. Out of here. Smell you later. But Jesus... What are the exception clauses? Can you give me the kind of sinner that I don't have to give the time of day? That I don't have to forgive? But Jesus, boundaries. There got to be boundaries when it comes to forgiveness. I mean, you don't have an open border policy with forgiveness, do you? That sounds dangerous. Downright risky, reckless. So careless of you. But Jesus, when it comes to forgiveness, I mean, where's that line? Isn't there a line drawn in the sand so that this is possible? How else can we do it? Forgiveness just seems so impossible. Well, Jesus, he uh, kind of blows up Peter's limits, forgiveness limits. By saying that uh, when it comes to forgiveness, there are no limits. Now, Peter here thinks he's quite generous. He does. Uh, at this time, the rabbis were uh, saying that if you're sinned against three times, same person, same sin, that's the limit. Three. Three times. Strike one. Strike two, strike three, you're out of here! <laughs> Do you see what Peter is doing here? 
with the number seven. Seven! That's the number of days it took God to create, right? Seven days of creation. This is God's number. Perfection, completion, so divine. Of course, Jesus is going to be so proud of Peter. Here comes a pat on the back for Peter. Not so fast. Not so fast. Seven is not even in the ballpark, is it? Matthew 18, 22. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy times seven. In other words, no more bookkeeping. I mean, that's how the world engages and conducts business, right? Bookkeeping, ledgers, spreadsheets, profits and losses, tally marks, bean counting, debts, payments, recording of wrongs, grudges, resentment, hatred. Nothing new, right? Nothing new. We get this. We have all engaged in the world's bookkeeping business. We get our number two pencil out and we sharpen it really fine and we start jotting down all the dastardly deeds done to us. Well, that guy, he looked at me funny. That's most of you as I preach right now. <laughs> I'm joking. That, that woman, she, she stabbed me in the back. That guy, he, he gossiped about me. That, that, that woman, she, she didn't help me when I really needed help the most. Uh, that, that, that group of people, man, they're so cliquish. They just exclude everyone. They think they're better than everyone else. Now, it might be that we were hurt at one time by people that, you know, meant well, had good <coughs> intentions. But the actions still left a crater in our lives and our, and our hearts, deep, damaging impact. It's so easy to keep a ledger, isn't it? here is keeping one right now. Don't raise your hands, okay? <laughs> it's so easy to keep one. It's so easy. Are you keeping track of the wrongs done to you? Are you adding up all the debts, making sure everyone knows what they owe you? into this world's bookkeeping business crash lands the kingdom of God. Oh yes, the kingdom of God comes to us today in this parable. The parable of Mr. Unforgiving Servant. And this parable, dear friends, is transformational. It changes us from the inside out. This parable puts to death in our hearts the world's bookkeeping business and resurrects in our hearts a whole new way of doing business, the kingdom's forgiveness business, talk about a change. From hard-hearted to big-hearted, from stingy to generosity, from misery to mercy, from bondage to freedom, from limited to unlimited. This is, this is not transactional, but transformational. This parable, it really is. Jesus tells this parable about a king who release, 
releases a servant from a debt that is unpayable, showing us that forgiveness without limits is possible. Now this uh, parable is quite outrageous. Some might even say scandalous, risky, just careless. Not at first, though. Not at first, though. Verses 23 through 25. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Yowzers! And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. Now here's the world's bookkeeping business put on full display. Pay what you owe. And this servant owes a lot. I mean, <laughs> a boatload of debt. I mean, the amount that he squandered, that he spent, equivalent to the GDP of a small country, we're talking billions of dollars here. Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, if they were missing this chunk of change, they would not turn a blind eye to it. Oh no, if they were missing this chunk of change in their kingdom, <laughs> they would go for prosecution, jail time, go for the jugular. No chunk change here. And here's the thing, the guy can't pay it back. He spends it all. All he has is lint in his pocket, so off to debtor's prison he goes. The king, he sentences, he sentences him to debtor's prison. He says, you're sold, lock, stock, barrel, along with your kids and your wife and your little dog, too. And he has to now pay it back. He can't. Impossible. Humanly speaking, this is an unpayable debt. It would take a thousand lifetimes to actually pay this debt back. He only has one. One. And so he's going to rot, die in prison with his wife and his kids and his little dog, too. Pastor, why are you picking on little dogs? Well, there we go. <laughs> And the king knows he's not going to get the money back. He, he knows that. But sometimes you just have to cut your losses and get out. This is the world's bookkeeping business put front and center. Now this uh, servant doesn't go to debtor's prison quietly. He is loud, boisterous. Verse 26. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. The servant begs the king for patience. Literally, big-heartedness. Be big-hearted. The servant wants the king to be big-hearted so that he has time. Time to pay the debt. Which we just said is humanly impossible. So what will the king do? What does he do? Verse 28, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him, and forgave him the debt. Out of pity. In Latin, literally, heart of mercy. Talk about a king who is big 
hearted. Oh yeah, big hearted. His heart bursting with mercy for this servant. No prison, only pardon. Forgets all this nonsense of repayment. Calculations. No calculations at all about, you know, profits and losses. He just drops dead to the world's bookkeeping business, and he cancels this astronomical debt, wipes it out, forget it ever existed. Now, the servant never, ever saw this coming. How could he? This is not how people work and operate and do business in the world. I mean, do you expect tomorrow to get a call from your bank and some guy on the other end of the line says, it's a good morning for you. Your mortgage is canceled. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Or how about Visa? Do you expect Visa to ever call you up and say, yeah, you know, that bill that's on your kitchen countertop, it's on us this month. <laughs> oh, it's, it's laughable. You don't expect that at all. So don't hold your breath, right? Don't hold your breath. The way the king acts in this parable, it's not of this world. His kingdom, this kingdom that he runs, it's not like any kingdom in our neck of the woods. So how will this servant now act? Having been touched by such big-heartedness, how will he Deal with others. Relate to others. His life can't ever be the same again, right? The forgiven servant refuses to extend forgiveness in the king's name, but rather engages in the world's bookkeeping business, remaining the same. Now, if you just had a multi-billion dollar debt wiped out, canceled, just like that, what would be the first thing you did? What would be the first thing? Celebrate. Party? What? Celebrate. Celebrate, exactly. Celebrate. Pour out some bubbly. Hang out with friends. Celebrate for such mercy shown to you. But we know what this guy does. What's the first thing on his to-do list? Beat $100 out of a fellow servant. Okay. Verses 28 and 29. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me, and I will pay you. Now, sounds a bit like uh, the forgiven servant, eh? We, he, he just said the exact same words to the king, right? This, this fellow servant is pleading for mercy. He's pleading for patience. He's pleading for big-heartedness, which this forgiven servant knows a little something about. He just experienced big-heartedness on a level that the world never, ever seen before. An unpayable debt canceled, wiped out. Now this debt, 100 denarii, that's payable. 
Give the guy 100 work days and you're going to have the money in your bank account. You will. Three months and the debt's gone. Paid off. But is he really going to demand payment for the debt after having his unpayable debt wiped out? Isn't he going to extend the big-heartedness of the king to his fellow servant? Pay it forward? Mm, not really. <laughs> Verse 30, he refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. Now, such hard-heartedness doesn't go unnoticed. Verse 31, when his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Greatly distressed. Why? Why? Because the forgiven servant did not drop dead to the world's bookkeeping business. And the king's mercy announced a whole new way of doing business. The king's mercy given to this servant announced to the whole kingdom that there was a new way of doing business. No longer business as usual. The citizens are to pay it forward, not back. The kingdom's forgiveness business up and running. Full steam ahead. Firing on all eight cylinders. You couldn't ask for anything better. So much bliss, so much joy. A bull market with forgiveness today and every day. And so the king essentially decrees, be bullish with forgiveness. Scoop it out in heaping portions. There's always more where that came from. But this servant refuses. He refuses to do business in the whole new way. In fact, he looks down on this, on this king. He thinks very little of him. He thinks he's a really poor bookkeeper. What an idiot! Letting me off the hook. He doesn't even want a penny from me. Loser. See, this servant, he leaves the king's palace the same. Unchanged. Not transformed. Still in bed with the world bookkeeping business, quid pro quo, ledgers, payments and debts, profits and losses, spreadsheets, tally marks, recording of wrongs, resentment, hatred, grudges. He is so blind to the king's pain, the king's cost, the king's death, that had to take place in order to cancel his debt. And now he will suffer a pain, a cost, a death that is absolutely unnecessary. Verses 32 through 35. Then his master summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you, ple you pleaded with me. And should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Now that final sentence brings it home. 
to you and to me. Applies to every one of us. No one here can say, well, Pastor Aaron, yeah, this parable is not about me. Oh, it is about you, and it's about me. It's about all of us here at GLC. Every single one of us. So let's not try to squirm out from underneath this parable, but rather, let's, let's live in this parable. Let's find our place in this parable. Because in this parable is a waterfall of infinite mercy. And we all stand in mercy every single day. And you know it. That's why you're here. You wouldn't have come here this morning if you didn't think you needed mercy. We're all here because we know it. We pleaded for it earlier. Lord, have mercy. Not once, not twice, five times. Count them up. Lord, have mercy. 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 And we get it. We get mercy. Not a drop, not a trickle, trickle, but a deluge, a Niagara Falls amount of mercy. That's what we get. Our king is so big-hearted towards you and me. His heart bursting with mercy, so inexhaustible. Where do we see this? The cross. The cross. Jesus is this king who comes from another world. To plant his kingdom in this world. A kingdom that is unlike the kingdoms of planet earth. No demanding payment for our hellacious sin debt. But rather delivering pardon for our hellacious sin debt. No cost to us, all cost to him. Cost him everything. He bled and died to wipe out our debt. He doesn't, you know, just take the record of debt and tear it up. That's not justice. Justice had to be served. He takes that record of debt, your record and mine, and he nails it to the cross with three nails. As Paul says in Colossians 2, And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh... God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. The world's bookkeeping business bankrupt, folks. Out of business. Don't go down that road anymore. That road is just a road that leads to, you know, misery, pain, death. Hard-hearted. Don't engage in the world's bookkeeping business anymore. Our king has a whole new way of doing business in this world. Not misery, but mercy. Not pain, but pardon. Not death, but life. Yeah, mercy. Mercy to the sinner. Pardon for the sinner. Life together with the sinner. So big hearted. And you and I have been washed into this kingdom's forgiveness business at the font. We now stand in this kingdom with King Jesus and we as his fellow servants. And what a joy. All of our debt wiped out, canceled, buried in the black hole of his death. And we are in this kingdom, always in this life. 
learners, beginners, students, apprentices. No one here has this forgiveness business figured out completely. We're not perfect. I mean, everyone here will say that, yeah, you know, I don't forgive as I ought to forgive. It's so much easier for me to talk about forgiveness up here in this pulpit than for me to live it. And you guys get that. You understand that. But the recognition, the truth-telling, the honesty, that honesty, that we are in need of mercy, is what brings us here this morning. So come and stand with me. Under this deluge, this waterfall of infinite mercy, God granted that the mercy that freely flows from this chalice into us would freely flow from us to others. The impossibility of forgiving others is made a possibility because of our King's mercy shown at Calvary and now shared here at GLC, which wipes out that unpayable, hellacious sin debt for all eternity. Dear friends, let's show the world that what they think is impossible is actually possible. There's a whole new way of doing business in this world. The kingdom's forgiveness business. Come soon, Lord Jesus. Amen.